Triple M Breakfast with Rue Dits and Lies. Overnight news. We all remember the Ruby Princess when it went to Sydney in the in COVID. Well, there's a boat called the Grand Princess that's docking down at Port Adelaide, and they reckon there's 4,000 people on the boat, and there's a heap of gastro, and there's a heap of COVID nice. on it. Surely they won't let people off. It's a floating hospital. (laughs) I reckon for the first couple of days, they just, there was, yeah, people, not enough communication on the boat, and people were just going down uh, in their rooms and bunkering down. But you got buffets and you got all these open Mm. spaces where it can just thrive. When you've got a caravan these days, you know this, Rugs, you do it a lot. You can empty out your, they call it a cassette, don't they, these yeah. days? Mm-hmm. You can go to a station and a ship that big, where do they put all the crap? Mm. Well, I guess they'd have a tank, like a yeah. tank. Where and how do they empty Dispose it? Dispose of it. I mean, there are hundreds of people on there vomiting uh. and shitting. Oh, no. <laughs> where does, what do you do? <laughs> you presume when you chuck it overboard. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought. Jesus, if they did that, that'd oh. be... <laughs> Kayaking around the port. Yeah, wouldn't be if they're to do dumping that. this right now in Outer Harbour, no, we, no, no, be pumped out somewhere. They'd have to take it to a big pumped into Port Adelaide. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, no, no, no. They, they, no. There's no way they no. could just let it. Over I actually, don't know those, those days. Are to be over. honest, I really don't know what happens to all that poo. You know, all right. I've never thought about it. Now, shark attacks. Uh, now, Loz, yeah. I think you and I disagree on this, but I think something has to be done on our beaches, and it's not just me. It's a front page story oh. today. I I, I'm a big believer, and, and the people that say, hey, it's their domain, you know, and, and I'm not for shark culling, by the way, but people that say, well, you know, you, you're swimming in their waters in their domain. Yeah. I'm a bit of a believer that uh, the old planet Earth is for all of us, and I can't believe that as you know, us as families have to stand on the beach and go, well, we're not going in that water because it's too dangerous and we're mm-hmm. too scared. Surely we can all coexist and do – there have to be measures because I'm reading the article here, Rue, that says we are one of only two capital cities that doesn't do anything. So it's fine for other places. Yeah, that, they put measures what, in place. Yeah, but what measures did they have in place? <clears throat> Wasn't it more to do with alerts? Well, they're talking and nets and things like that. Mm. I think that 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 girl was in a very sharky spot, wasn't she? She, she was, was free diving, free diving on the, on the other, other side, side of the reef. reef. Mm. She would have been a hundred percent aware as a free diver of the mm. risks of that. And I think a lot of surfers who do, uh, you know, have experiences and get attacked, they don't want. <clears throat> They don't want anything done about it. They know what they're doing. They're no, putting but, themselves but in do. danger. I yeah, but they're putting themselves do. in danger and they're fully aware of the risks. They don't want the rest of everyone, like, you know, because of their decision to go do it, which mm. they're aware of, um, shouldn't necessarily mean that people swimming like you, you know, having a little paddle on West Beach at waist deep. It's very rare, unlikely that something's going to happen to you. Mm. It's more the people who are going out and doing high risk stuff and they're aware of what they're doing. Like that woman would have known 100%. Mm. So... But it is scary. It, it, it's terrifying when you're out part there. Part of the buzz. It's part of the buzz. Um, the film industry in South Australia is absolutely booming, guys. This is something I did not see coming um, necessarily for us, but I think COVID kind of kicked it off. We we're a very affordable place to film. Um, shows like The Tourist with Jamie Dornan, which is a great series, by the way, if you haven't seen that. Sort of more What's it called? The Tourist. Right. It's a sort of outback mystery show. And uh, it's got a bit of wake in fright energy about mm. it. So back in the 70s, we had a massive film industry. It was, you know, booming, obviously dropped off a bit there. But uh, a couple of new shows are coming out. There's a show called The Royal, um, or a movie called The Royal, rather, sorry, starring Julie, Julia Garner, who was in Ozark, and she's been in a bunch she's of stuff. She's in it. Yeah, it's about two American birds who work in a pub in the outback, 
and things get very weird very quick. Ah. And it's got a Hugo weaving. Anyway, this is not an ad for that. The Royal. <laughs> the Royal. But you know what? I've got a lot of mates who are camos and producers and stuff and they've not had to go to Melbourne and they've not had to go, mm. you know, interstate for the first time. Come on, decade. Adelaide. It's pretty cool. Um, and we just, are the Bollywood. Just quickly, um, you've heard of Jim's mowing. Yeah. Uh, what, what else does Jim do? Gutters. Gutters. And he does window cleaning. He yeah. does, you know, all sorts of gardening stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wait for it. Jim's beauty. What do you mean? Jim's beauty. Um, well, he trims his own beard. Well, he? they can come and trim yours too. Really? <laughs> they'll they'll whippersnip your garden and your upper lip. Really beauty. This is not fake. This is real. They'll yeah, send lawns hairdressers, get a in the hairdressers cosmetologists, <laughs> all sorts of beauty related stuff. You can order it straight to your door. You joke. This is real. Not the same bloke, though. He's out mowing your lawn. Well, I hope not. I mean, I <laughs> he's doing your hedging and then he's doing he's worked a bit of up a sweat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I hate to burst your bubble, but Jim isn't out there personally doing all of that oh, stuff. Get out. No, it's not actually Jim. So it might just be something. I've often thought he's busy. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. It's a lot. I, I see his car around it's a everywhere. Fair round. Yeah. It's read it's a lot. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> Triple M. Ask Nicole. Do not touch that ball. Professor Nicole. Oh, Rue, COVID-19 cases and laws. Uh, COVID-19 cases have more than doubled in the last two weeks, which is frightening. This is according to SA Health. Uh, a cruise ship is heading to Adelaide. It's dealing with outbreaks of COVID. There's gastro. Uh, apparently it docks here today. Uh, SA's Chief Public Health Officer, the Prof, she's on the line. Good morning, Professor. Look, thanks for joining us. What can you tell us about this cruise ship? Morning, Mark, Chris and listeners. Look, I can confirm that the cruise ship is heading our way and let me start by saying these cleaners do not get paid enough. Oh, my God, let me tell you. The combination of COVID and gastroenteritis, it's lethal, it's high risk and here in SA we want people to be able to sneeze without fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't sound good, Prof. I mean, what are SA Health planning to do? Well, at SA Health, we are, you know, taking the gastro outbreak uh, quite seriously. Uh, we've declared a code brown and right. formed a task group <laughs> called Task Force Follow Through. Mm. Um, oh, and they mm. will be handing out packs to the cruise passengers containing masks, sanitizer and adult diapers. Very nice. That'll come in handy. Uh, look, does the cruise ship really have to dock here, Prof? Well, we've asked them to divert to either Melbourne or the Suez Canal. <laughs> uh, but apparently the passengers, they don't actually mind being holed up in their rooms uh, because Accordion Hans was the entertainment on board. Right. They're trying to avoid him. Right. Oh, God. Have you had a chance to discuss this with Peter Malinowskis or not? I did, I did have a meeting with Peter, uh, Premier Peter Malinowskis, yes. Uh, and do you know what the first thing I said to him was? What? Please put your shirt back on. Um, and then I suggested, wow, that's a little joke there. Then I suggested shutting down schools to deal with this uh, gastro oh, outbreak. But on, I was informed that everybody already has the shits with the school clothes. Yes, they have, yeah, yeah. Hey, how's the family prop before you leave us? Is, is your husband still sorting out his sock drawer? Oh, he's had uh, gastro dits. Oh. Um, he's, yeah, he's been crook, so he's actually spent more time cleaning the underwear drawer. <laughs> right. than the sock drawer. Fair enough. Well, uh, you're going to be busy over the next few days. We'll let you go, Prof. There she is from SA Health. Yeah, doing a big good job. Good to hear from her again. Doing a great job. Right now, I've got a much bigger dilemma that I need uh, your help, the family's help, and Loz and Dits, if you can help me. Mm. Every year I go on a boys' trip with... Mostly uh, a group of wakery guys and a few ring-ins that jump on board and we rotate between the ocean and the sea and 
we have about 30, 35 blokes go away from a Thursday to Sunday and have a bit of fun and plenty of laughs and go crabbing or yabbing or punting and, you know, fishing, all that sort of stuff. And it's the best weekend for the year, bar none. Sorry, um, Sarah, if you're listening, but we like getting away and having a great weekend and catching up, you know, Blokes have lost brothers, have lost dads or mums, have been divorced. It's a bit of a check-in and, and a hell of a lot of fun as well. But And that's coming up this weekend for me. So um, starts this Thursday, which happens to be my daughter's 17th birthday. Mm. Um, I've got two kids in a school musical. And I've got another boy who's been away on a five-week school camp. Five weeks? Five weeks. Longest that he's been away from, you know, separated bit of a boys to man school thing where they go away and learn to cook, learn to shop, learn to do things in the community. Um, no phones. Yeah, basically. It's a real interesting five weeks, but that happens to coincide with a boys trip on this Saturday. And what they do is they get all the parents to go over to the place on York Peninsula and they meet their kids and, you know, it's Apparently it's quite an emotional reuniting after, after five, five weeks. Yeah, quite yeah. an emotional time um, because you haven't seen them and you've got you know they've been writing letters to you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I'm going to be in Port Augusta for the boys' trip, which is a four-hour drive from Adelaide with the roadworks at the moment. And the place I've got to get to on Saturday morning is a four-hour drive from Port Augusta. Mm. So four uh, there and four back. Yeah, but then I've got to go four hours back to Port Augusta. Yeah. yeah. And then I've got to drive four hours back on Sunday. So, well, I just don't see the point in doing it Mm. myself. I'd rather just go on the boys' trip and drive up there and have a great four days. Yeah. Isn't it, are you with me, isn't it dangerous driving? Very. An extra eight hours in between just to see my lad, who I haven't seen for five weeks, Mm. to see him for two hours. Yeah. When I can see him the next day anyway. What's five, what's my argument with my wife here is yeah. what is the difference uh, oh. seeing him for two hours when I'll see him in another day anyway? Yeah. I don't think he'll even notice whether you're there or not. <laughs> <laughs> Quite well, seriously. Oh, I well, I've been told that. I'll be the only dad not there. Oh. Then, make, yeah, make a statement. Have you got any, right. have make you, a stand. Have you got any other friends that are dads that are, go to your son's school? Like, have, have you discussed it with them? I've got one mate who's not going on the boys' trip, but he didn't go last year. Wait, so he's decided to not go on the boys' trip at all to go? Well, he didn't go last year, so he's not not as... Does your committee of this boys' trip? Yeah, I'm I'm one of the three committee members, so yeah. yeah. You sort of have to go. Of course you do. I mean, you're his dad. (laughs) You're on the committee of his life, (laughs) really, too. He'll be his dad forever. If you haven't seen him for 35 days, does it make much difference if you're going to see him on the 36th? No. Well, look. And am I going to drive four hours to see him for two hours and then he's going to go back to Adelaide and I'm going to drive Does back he know that you might not come? I've written a letter to him. I'm waiting. I really want to get the answer back and I hope <laughs> it's going to be in my favour. <laughs> How did you word it? What did you say? Well, I wrote a page and a half of really... Well, you softened him up for yeah. good stuff. And yeah. then I said, by the way, Nick, at the end, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Mm. And you, you won't think? get your inheritance if you say that I have to come. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just normal, mm. simple things. So if he says, no, nah, I want you there, I'll go. But if he says, nah, Dad, stay up there. Yeah, what really if he says something day. like... You haven't really given him a choice. What no, if he's, hang on, he, he, he will say What oh, if he says something like, it would mean a lot for me for you to come, but I understand if you can't poor, make it. Yeah. Well, I'll probably have to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to get in the car. Right. What does Rue do here? I'm keen to yeah. hear what people think. What do you think, think I do? Uh, you go on the boys' trip. 
for the whole time, or yeah. do I drive back and forth? No, you go to the boys' trip for the whole time. You'll see him the next day. Yeah, thanks, Dits. Yeah. My only concern is that he's going to get there. And he's going to say, he would have told you it's all right. You don't have to come. He's going to get there and everyone's dad's going to be there. And he's just going to be. FaceTime? Gonna... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you know what? This is a very good point. He's going to get his phone for the first time in five. Exactly. What do you reckon a teenager's like with his phone? Ring no, dad. What do you think a teenager's like with his dad showing up? He'll have his, no. Saying I'm here for all you, of them mate. I love will you. have their heads buried in their phones. They will not give a stuff about their parents. I don't. I think that logic means you don't have to go to any baseballs. You know, like Dad was never there at my soccer games. It's like that whole idea. <laughs> no, seriously. You no, know, these kids are going to come out of this five week camp. G'day, mum. How you going? You got my phone? Ten minutes later, you have nothing to say. Correct. <laughs> oh my god! You won't. One triple three five three. We've got a hundred dollar Henley House voucher, or you can head off to the Vale Adelaide. 500. Come on out there. Do you go on the boys' trip, or do you drive half a day to go and see your son who's going to ignore you? And... Oh, we don't know oh. that. Oh. Hey, 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 hey! I'm not trying to sway anyone's oh, opinion. Oh, you are okay. But big dilemma for Rue this week. <laughs> Thursday goes on the boys' trip. <laughs> hey, what the? But but his oldest boy comes out of a five week camp, and all the parents are driving over to York Peninsula to pick their boys up. Bit of and a ceremony. Does Roo sort of re- stay reuniting? on the boys' trip? Does he drive four hours to get God. there? What does he do? There's a lot of different things on the text <laughs> line here, I can tell you. Uh, they're all over the shop. Let's go to Gilly's Plains, though. Pete, what do you think? As a father myself, all we do is we put our family first. Mm-hmm. So for 365 days, your family's first. Take your boys' trip, mate. They can deal with it for 361 days. Go <laughs> <laughs> on, you're on your pretty firm. Yeah. All right, Emily, Emily at McGill. What do you think, Emily? Hi, Legends. I just think after five weeks, this is a huge transitional stage for a teenage boy. And at this stage of his life, Mark, I'm sorry, but you are the world to Nikki Roo. And you have to be there. You'll be the only father that's not there. And I can guarantee, driving all the way back to Adelaide, he will not stop talking about his trip. This is Mm. a huge part in their lives. And it's such a sentimental time in their lives where their testosterone is surging, and they need to be around their dads. Look, they they love their mums. What if but I they drive back? You. What if I drive over the York Peninsula from Port Augusta, see him for a couple hours, and then I'm going say to him, "I'm going back to Port Augusta," and he goes back to Adelaide. Does that feel good like? Boy. Good boy. There we go. Winners all round. I yeah. think that's great. Oh. You have to put your boy first. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, Emily. She oh. marked you. She oh. got you I think there's an element here, Emily, of, of young Nick needs to learn the importance of men's trips when he's oh, grown older. Oh, God. Hey, he's just been on one Corey. for five weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got people here saying, go on your boys, Trippy. You deserve a break. <laughs> then you got to do the dad thing. Uh, bloody hell, it's hard. Anyway, it let's hard, take some more it? calls. Big dilemma for Roo. Uh, just the, the short version is that this Thursday he's got to go on a boys' trip, Loz. 35 blokes go over to do it every year. He looks he forward grew to up it. They with have merch. From he talks right. about it for months and but months. Yeah. His oldest boy, I'm on Nick. The committee. His <laughs> oldest boy, Nick, has been on a five week camp and he comes out of camp. It'll, it'll look like he's come out of solitary confinement, mm-hmm. like the castaway. He's going to be a different person. This Thursday, right? No, mm-hmm. what, what day does he come out? Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday. So, so right in the guts of it. Right in the middle of the boys' trip. So the dilemma, does he go on the boys' trip or oh, does he drive up with trip. Sarah and pick him up? And no, he's going on the boys' trip. Yeah. The dilemma is, does he drive does four he hours the boys trip? Yeah. and then drive another four hours back, yeah. you know? All right, let's go to Kate at Mitchell Park. What do you think? Oh, morning, guys. How are you? Good, Good Kate. Kate. It's a tricky situation here, Kate. I can't it's, really I, win. I, don't, I wouldn't like to be having this conversation in your house, no, to be honest. No. But... I feel like we have technology now 
I think you could FaceTime in. Oh, good okay. solution. Oh, okay. Oh. Make yourself available, though. Take yourself away from the boys. I can Sit do quietly. That. Yep. Sit quietly and give him all the time on the phone. Good on so, you, Kate. Well, Sarah's going to have to walk around with an iPad on a stick. So, oh, here he is. Here's Dad. <laughs> he, he knows that he is a phone. <laughs> Let's go to Geelong. Uh, Bob, what are you tuning in from Geelong? No, no, no. I'm actually in your hood. I'm heading up to. I'm actually heading to Laura. Oh, oh right. you better go to the North Laura pub and have a schnitzel there and get abused by the manager there, AJ. Eh, uh, actually, I'm just going to drop off a big load of cream so they can make ice cream, which is yeah, golden oh, golden yeah. Golden yeah, yeah, beautiful. Laura. All right, yep. so All you're right. a truckie. What do you reckon I should do? Well, I've got four kids of my own, and I go away on basketball competitions, and um. I always seem to miss my oldest son's birthday on November the 4th. I think it's it's based on your relationship with your son. Oh, I've got a great relationship. Yep. Yep. Well, if it's a great relationship, then your son will understand. If he's a little bit hard work and a bit needy and he needs your attention, then the son's a priority. But if you get along really well and everything's chill, he'll understand. Exactly. All right, yeah, good on you, Bob. Bob. Makes a bit of sense there, Bob. Right. We got Letitia. Letitia. Yeah, from Hardwick Bay. Hello. Hi, how are you going? I actually have worked with the boys over the last couple of weeks. Oh, Do you reckon and I'm I doing the like, right thing? Or what can, well, What should I do? Please help I me. I think you should be seeing him because they just do such a hard job. They really put in a great ethic, like their work ethic. Yeah. Their, like everyone in the community just, I think, like, so much of them because they have such good manners. They do such a good job in the community, the actual what they deliver whilst they're here. And I did ask a couple of them last week, I said, you know, how are you feeling at this point in the program? And they're like, they are becoming homesick. Mm -hmm. They really look forward to seeing their letters from their families. Um, I did see your lad and he was straight in. We were doing dune restoration works and he was straight in um, doing all the hard yakka like he didn't hold back. He, um, yeah, you should be very proud. Which pub was that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I say, you know, they've got, you know, Melrose coming up this week where they camp out solo and, you know, they've, themselves they, for 24 it's hours. Big, mm. It's a big journey for them. So right. to be able to see their family and don't get me wrong, I've been on a mum's group trip with like my son's birthday because he wanted boys only and I wasn't allowed to be there. So <laughs> actually. Sounds like um, he's going to be really tough and resilient mm. after all of this. All right. They do grow. They grow a yeah. lot. And yeah, they're very proud. They do an excellent job over here for our community. All right. All right. Thank you. Hello. Hey, look who's on the phone. Oh, the loss. Loss. I'm scared and <laughs> I, I don't feel like we should Sarah be from Burnside's Sarah. called in. Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hello there. Have you, been listen, have you been listening to this discussion, I Sarah? I have been listening and I've been... <laughs> Just, I just know that Mark is just desperate for someone to say, yes, just go on the boys' trip. When I heard you say that, Dits, I would nearly, oh. oh, I'm sorry about well, that. Well, Sarah, I have to work with him. If I was with you this morning, I'd be on your side. You know, I, I kick with the wind a bit. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. no, no. Well, I just, I've been having this argument with Mark for a few weeks now. Right. And, um, yeah, so it is, this is a big deal for Nick. Mm-hmm. 
It's a five-week care. It's kind of like a rite of passage. Go away, boys. You're guessing that it's a big deal for (laughs) Nick. No, the school makes it is a big deal. Everyone whose children have been on it said that it's an amazing thing. Some some people actually send their children there to go on this camp. Really? Yeah. Right. Um, and the boys' trip happens every year. So right. Mark Only is getting Thursday year. and Friday on the boys' trip. Mm. <laughs> well, Friday can't really get into it. Cause no. gonna... oh. Yeah, well. Ruth, why don't you read her that text about the other option? Yeah, there's a, there's a, a good See option here, Sarah. See okay. what you think of this one from the, right. someone on the t- two people on the text line said, drive <laughs> down, go and see Nick. And pick him up and take him back on the boys' trip. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be that actually probably would be a really good option because he's coming back like a, a young man. Yeah, right, well, there you go. If I can do that, I'll take. If I can take him back on the boys' trip, I'll do it. Oh, he'd probably love that, but I think he would really. He might not say it to your face, but I think it would be amazing for you and Nick to have that you there when you when he comes over the hill. After his 24-hour solo camp out. Mm, Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) I can't win. (laughs) Oh, you're winning. You're winning. I'll drive down and I'm taking him back to Port Augusta. Yeah, well, that would, he'd probably love that. All right. Oh, All that's right. There you go. Good nice. compromise. Oh, that's a compromise. All right. Yeah. That is a good compromise. Right. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, All right. Don't change your attitude when I get home, <laughs> will I'm happy for you to take him back there. All right. This is okay. Thank you. All right. You too. Bye. So, you know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, someone that said you're the only dad that isn't going to be there. Mm. All of the dads that are turning up there are actually wishing they were on a boys' exactly. trip. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't matter what they're wishing. Yeah. Doesn't matter Let's what get they're out wishing. Of here before <laughs> it's we get it's <laughs> Triple M. Please welcome to Triple M Breakfast, the Premier. I was about to say, we've got the Premier on the line. <laughs> yeah. Where do we start? Live golf, gather out, it's all happening. Premier, good morning. Good morning, team. Good morning, Dips. Yeah. Uh, live golf first up. Greg Norman was in town over the weekend and he's clearly impressed by what's happened here over the last 12 months. Oh, undoubtedly. And I think what um, Greg and the whole Live team appreciate is that it's the Adelaide event that turned on a show unlike any other. They won the best golf tournament anywhere in the world um, on the back of what we were able to achieve here. So the dates are all now locked in for next year. And so people can start booking flights and accommodation accordingly. Beautiful. Now, we've had a couple of rumours in recent times. One was that the party hole will be twice the size this time round. You're going to go up like a double-decker uh, corporate area. It, it is going to be bigger. I don't know if it'll be twice the size, but it definitely is going to be bigger. So they're looking to expand the viewing platform areas. The the, the double-decker uh, option is being looked at, just to make, but I think there are some constraints around where the trees are and so forth. Right. So, but, it, but it definitely is going to be larger because we know we're going to get a lot more fans. The... So the, we also released the economic report for uh, the Live Golf event on the weekend as well. That was done by independently by YouGov. And it was a $64.9 million mm. came into the state as a result of it. Big numbers. 41%, 41% of all those 77,000 tickets sold, 41% were from um, interstaters or people overseas. Mm. Yep. So that, which is a really high proportion. So... Those images that everyone saw on the television sets around the country and indeed around the world from last year's event, I think will drive that number up and hopefully we can achieve the same result. Pete, how long are you assured that event will be in Adelaide for? 
Uh, we've got a four-year deal there. Okay. So, and Come so we've good. got. So this is this is a this is something that we took a like I said we took a bit of a punt on, and the calculation was that Australian golf fans have just been deprived of the world's best talent for too long, and the the calculation was that people would be willing to travel to see them, and that's exactly the way it played out. So now we just got to wait and see how those ongoing negotiations go between Liv and the PGA as well. Yeah, watching dits on a Wednesday, Grange is not quite up to Liv <laughs> Golf, is it? Uh, ga- ga- Gather Round was magnificent yeah, last year, um, and it looks like it's going to be a cracker again. Couple games up at Mount Barker, couple at Nord, plenty at Adelaide Oval, uh, the Nord Food and Wine Festival back on, which was huge a few years ago. Um, there's rumours of a, you know, like a last lap sort of nightclub happening in the city. Uh, you know, it'll be huge again, won't it? It will be. We we didn't want to tweak with the format too much, um, but there has been some changes on last year. So getting um, both Adelaide teams on their own fixture and out of the double header, I think, is a, is a change. So cracking start with... Crows Melbourne on the Thursday night. That'll be a, that, that'll be an absolute blockbuster. And yeah. then Port Essen on the Friday night, and then we we move into the weekend games. An extra game in Mount Barker, so that's got a that's got a downside to it. So that's one less game at Adelaide Oval, but we now have got two games at Mount Barker. So that'll all being well, that'll sell up in the hills. Yeah, but it's about generating that that visitation in the Adelaide Hills is what we're trying to achieve there. That and that... then the. Sorry. Sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say that Mount Barker over was absolutely stunning, and some of my favourite images from the the whole of Gather Round with the Herefords in the background. <laughs> yeah. While these yeah. AFL teams were playing, it was just stunning. It it is unique, and it was it went really well in Mount Barker last year, despite the fact that was the crummiest weather. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully this year we get a bit bit luckier, and they've got the two games. But then the other one that sort of stands out is St Kilda Richmond at Norwood Oval. Now that they're oh. big. They're big clubs to have at the parade. That that could sell out ten times over if, yeah. we, if we wanted to. So that's why we're investing into the Nord Food and Wine Festival with the council. That's putting three hundred grand into it. So we're going to do a proper Nord Food and Wine Festival on the parade on the Sunday. So that you know, if you're a Carlton supporter, you've watched Carlton Frio on Saturday afternoon. Sunday morning, you wake up, you can go on up to the parade and, and enjoy the best the state has to offer in terms of food and wine. So. We think that's a unique experience that will hopefully, you know, provide another edge and another reason why people want to travel across the border. Fantastic. Once again, it's just going to be the state to be, isn't it? So I pumped. Can't wait. It was so good last time around. It'll be even better this time around. Premier, thanks so much for your time again. Oh, there oh, he is. Bloody hell. Goodness me. Just go the chop. Oh, boy. This is not good. That's your first offence. First strike. It's rude. It's a loss. Oh, this will be massive on the Saturday night of the Adelaide Vale 500. Triple M presents all of these great bands. Baby Animals, Screaming Jets, Australian Rock Collective, but headlining the whole night, Ivor Davies and Icehouse, and he joins us. Ivor, good morning. Welcome to Triple M. Thank you very much. Uh, when was the last time you were in Adelaide? Oh, next question. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry to start with a hard How, one. How no, much no, are you no, looking forward to coming to Adelaide? Right. Well, wasn't that long ago, but yeah, possibly about a year, I reckon. You know, when you have a lineup like this, is it uh, is it sort of party central backstage? Does everyone sort of do their own thing, or is there a load of fun back there? 
No, no, we do catch up, uh, but it is incredibly, they, they are seriously professional bands. Um, and uh, yes, but there will be the odd uh, beverage afterwards, I would <laughs> think. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a great night yeah. after such a big day of racing as well. Tell, tell me uh, about Great Southern Land, how that was created. Look, that it kind of came out of uh, the very first international tour that we did was about six months and I got incredibly homesick. Um, it was also the first time I'd ever flown across Australia, which was pretty, I don't know uh, when the last time you, you did that was, but it is pretty amazing. And the, mm. the thing that kind of blew my head off was the, the sheer scale. It was, it was just the size, I think. It was probably, you know, anyway, the first thing I did when I got back from that international tour was sit down and write that song. Yeah, right. Actually, I, I do have a memory of that, believe it or not, without making this about me, because it's about you at the moment, but when I, I left Sydney on a jumbo, I was a young kid, you know, and we flew for hours and hours, and I'll never forget this moment, the pilot came on and said, this is your captain, we're now leaving the west coast of Australia, and it was hours later, and I thought, my God, that's how vast this land is, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, that was a, yeah, same, exactly the same thought, because I actually went to sleep. And I woke up at least two hours later and looked out the window and was looking at what I thought was exactly the same thing. And it was just going, wow, okay, nothing out here. But, you know, of course, we know differently. But um, it was an amazing thing. Yeah, this great southern land. I actually want to ask you more about this song. There was, you know, athletes and teams have great sporting highlights and memories that they have forever and things that they've won, perhaps. I want to know if it's the same for you, because I want to go back to 2000. When you're saying great southern land on, on the Sydney Harbour and you did that incredible version it went for about 14 minutes and I raced out the next day and bought it you, you involved indigenous you know instruments and different things are there moments like that or, or you know concerts like that that you look back and go wow that was just a massive highlight in, in you know what I've done that was pretty surreal. It was 25 minutes long, that piece, actually. 25, and, yeah. Um, and the thing about it is I think I'd be working on it for, you know, the best part of a year, and it was all going to come down to that 25 minutes leading to the 1098 into, yeah. into the year 2000. And there was an incredible sort of amount of pressure and stuff going on in the background and technical um, things attached to it, and it was going out live to 4 billion people. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> no, no pressure. Um, and um, it took me a while to settle down, and uh, it was me and Richard Tonietti playing electric violin, and I was playing um, electric guitar, the Sydney Symphony Orchestra. Once we'd settled down, it was, um, yeah, it was heading towards this, um, this big finish, and I remember uh, specifically kind of stepping off the stage the lord mayor of sydney was there with a glass of champagne for me which is fantastic and then um richard wilkins went 1098 and the mm. fireworks works went off directly above our heads it was an, an incredible place to be i, I can't imagine uh, a bigger party uh, than that one well so. it was magical as i said your song in particular I, I just will never forget it that was amazing it really was well, we'll have a glass of beer waiting for you <laughs> when you get to adelaide for the velo adelaide 500 <laughs> the weather's probably going to be warm there'll be a huge amount of people there everyone's pumped for this race yeah. and they're super pumped for the concerts that's happening on saturday night as well oh, but what sort of band are you bringing with you uh, do we know uh, most of the lineup Oh, yeah, you know, our band's been together for quite a long time. I've been playing with some of these guys for 36 years, yeah. 37 years. But also our crew, we've got a whole team. We've been working together probably uh, consistently with the same team for about 13 or 14 years. So 
it's like kind of you know traveling with your family really yeah, a tight outfit. Um, everybody hopefully knows what they're doing by yeah. now <laughs> for sure well we can't wait to see you Ivor thanks for talking to us this morning we're looking forward to the big concert at the Velo Adelaide 500 Ivor Davies and Ice House are on their way thank you thank you very much see you there see you mate on Triple M Breakfast with Rue Ditz and Loz did you learn something what We talked about uh, rental crisis uh, for a fair while now um, in Adelaide in Australia, and it's actually getting worse and worse. There's new stats out the last week that new home builds in Adelaide are 20% down year on year. So there's going to be less, 20% less homes built in 2024 than 2023, approximately. Yet we've got record immigration coming into the country at the moment. So our housing crisis is going to get worse, um, which is not rocket science. To and work rents that out. will get more expensive. Yeah, as a result, because of the demand, um, which leads to inflation and all that, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I read a, <laughs> saw a, read a bit in the paper on the weekend, which I can't believe. I would have thought in a, in a time like this where there's not enough places to sleep that living in a caravan on a property should not be illegal. Now, most people listening to this would go, well, I didn't think it was illegal. No, I didn't think. Apparently you're only allowed to stay in a caravan on a property for no more than 30 days a year. Really? I would have thought if you own a house or you own a property and you've got a caravan, if you're happy to have someone sleep in it, it's up to why you. Why would that be illegal? Yeah, why is that a rule? Oh, well, I don't know, but maybe it's sort of, I don't know, something to do with, you know, the look of it or... Oh, that. they don't like trailer trash or some crap. Yeah, well... I'll oh, get over it. Well, it's a rule. It's a rule. That's it, insane. It is insane. Um, it's, look, it's hardly any different to having a granny flat, is it? Listen, if that's the case, the then my sister was wheels. breaking the law for five years when she was a teenager because she lived in the caravan yeah. at our house for yeah. ages. So... Look, you'd probably get away with it on a bit more of a rural property, but that's just a, a rule that I've seen out there. And I would have thought, maybe it might be a question for Peter Malinowskis later on, why the, why the rental crisis is bad and going to get worse. Surely mm. that should not be yeah. uh, an instance because there's a lady in the Strange paper one. talking about she's going to get thrown out in the street as a result. Mm. Mm. Awful. Crazy. Um, mine's completely different. Okay. So uh, we've all heard of Have you ever run a marathon or done a marathon? No, not a marathon. No, no, no. Um, so you, know, you hear a word, you go marathon, you don't question why it's called that, you just move on with your life. I found out the other day why it's called a marathon. Oh, get out. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> so it goes all the way back to ancient Greece. <laughs> this is true. Here we go. Basically, a bloke uh, named Philippides, he was uh, in in a battle. The Persians had just invaded Greece. He was in this battle. They were fighting the battle. It's a bit awful. The Persians win. He then runs 40 2.19 kilometres mm -hmm. from the battle to Athens to tell, you know, the people yep. what's happened. And then he dies because yep. he's exhausted. Yep. Anyway, so that's the story of it. And then in the, in the first modern Olympics in <clears throat> 1896, they wanted to commemorate something that happened back in the day in Greece. And they thought, oh, we could have a really long race. Yeah. So this bloke Where everyone dies, dies at the end. And he died and yeah. they go... That'd be a really good Maybe. idea. Yeah, wasn't the place called Marathon? <laughs> yeah, it was Marathon. Yeah. He he was called Philippides, but the place that uh, the Battle of Marathon. <clears throat> mm. yeah. So you did know. Well, 
But I just I think that's know. a bit barbaric to name it after, you know, he oh, died cool, He though. died at the, the number and they go, yeah. we're going to make people run that's that. That's right. <laughs> at least we remember him. Good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah hey, uh, mine, mine is, um, this is about India. Uh, I'm always fascinated by their population or yep. whatever, and I'm watching the World Cup at the moment. So there's a billion people in India. Yeah. And they even say sometimes, I think there could be like 100 million they don't even know about. Yeah. Because they're not great with, you know, death, births and marriages yeah, and yeah. all that sort of thing. Anyway, let's say there's a billion people. 39%. A vegetarian. How many does that mean then, Rue? 390 million. There you go. 390 million are vegetarian in <laughs> mm-hmm. India. I didn't know this, but you know, here in Australia, if you go into a McDonald's, there, there are now vegetarian options. Yes. In India, vegetarian McDonald's. Oh, yeah, re- they open the restaurants. Whole thing. Yeah. What, the whole store? They have vegetarian McDonald's restaurants, yeah, which I never knew about. <laughs> Well, because why not? When your market's yeah. that big, yeah, yeah hey, well, there's 390 million of them. Have a vegetarian Let's open a menu. corner shop and make it vegetarian for sure. Yeah. So probably 89% Delicious. of them are vegetarian. Yeah, and mainly the northern part of India. They don't eat meat at all. And it's a lot to do with their religions and things. Just really quickly, the McDonald's around the world are fascinating. I went to the one at Pisa, okay, in yeah. Italy. You get deep fried olives. <laughs> really? Yes. Deep I didn't fried even know they had McDonald's in Italy. There's one next to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Mm. Yes, I'm not kidding. You can go yeah. and you get deep fried Sicilian olives. Oh, it's changed. I reckon they'd have pizza joints. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dominoes. If you can't remember the last time you had your brakes checked, it's been too long. Call one three hundred Auto Masters. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Your Ruber file's been on the money a few times. Oh, Every morning at seven forty a.m., hear what's happening in Adelaide first. Mm. The rumor mill. All right, we've got uh, a caller on the line, Louise. What's your rumor today? Hi, guys. Love your show. My rumour today is that the government has cancelled all uh, ocean swimming, surf, aquatic programs as of today due to the recent shark attack. Now, you're talking the school programs, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, anything to do with the school kids. Wow. So on what sort of scale does this happen? I've I've seen kids in West Lakes, for example, do aquatic sports, but are you you telling us that... They do this on the beaches as well. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do it all along the beaches. So my kids are going to miss out on their program. Yeah. And all kids today that are packing their bags for their aquatic program will be told when they get to school that it's cancelled. And it's just a weak, knee-jerk reaction by the government, in my opinion. Ooh. A risk that is not... The risk of a, a child drowning due to not having this education or not having... This experience in the water far, far, far outweighs the risk of a child give being us, attacked by a shark. Give mm. us a, pr- a brief uh, rundown of th- some of the things that uh, kids do in schools in the ocean at the moment. Well, it's it's an aquatics and surf program is what I know mine have done in the past and what my son will be doing or was going to be doing. They do surfing, they do safety. It's all about safety, guys. Mm. And it's all about being safe in the water. And um, they're going to miss out. And it's not okay for kids like mine who do this stuff all the time. Yeah, It's the kids with the families who, who don't do this, the migrant families and the families who don't have parents who don't have time or the inclination to give them this kind of, uh, you know, education. Yeah. The minute there's a heat wave... Where are they all going to go? To the, beach. to the beach. And, you know, we haven't, we've been lucky over the last few years with our milder weather. 
Sorry, but I'm very passionate about this stuff. Yeah, we can tell. So and, um, you don't have any concern at all about sharks then with your kids? No. Not unless they're out. I mean, you know, my, my oldest son loves to surf. Yep. So I, I know when he gets older and he's right out the back, it's, uh, yeah. down at Middleton and stuff, you know, I'll, I'll be very pleased when he comes in. Sure. But their dad surfs with them and, you know, you, you know look, look, I'm a swimmer. Sharks, yes, they are. But for this, what I'm talk, what you're, what we're talking about, this program is so important. And already, guys, you know, I don't know if you know about all the pool situation. There's three major pools closed at the moment in metropolitan Adelaide. Why? So I'm thinking this government is wants the legacy that they uh, they denied children swimming lessons. Quite frankly, why have they been closed? The pools. Well, for renovations. The okay. one out at Paynham, that's been closed for nearly two years now, guys. Yeah. No work done on it. Okay. And Salisbury Pool's been, been, been fixed up now for, I don't know, five years or something. They've uh, closed Sebedon. They're going to close the biggest one in, in, in Adelaide next year. Well, the, the, um, the North Adelaide one. The, yeah, the North Adelaide one. And swimming lessons are so important, as yep. we know. It's very, very important that children know how to swim. But swimming in the ocean is a completely different kettle of fish Swimming in the ocean the pool. is complete. And yeah. that's where the drownings happen. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, um, yeah, so. And you'll get someone on from the government on here and they'll go, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll get them their lessons. You'll get some, you know, the minister or whoever you'll get on. But the fact is... These kids are missing out and are going to miss out, and they're, they're already missing out. So and it... I'm absolutely furious. It's a nanny state. It's a knee-jerk, mm. weak reaction is this... by a weak decision-maker. Yeah. Is this aquatic uh, programs that you're talking about? Is it for the whole of Term 4 now? Are you being yes, told? Yeah, well, that's, that's what the teacher – well, I shouldn't say, but that's what – I was told, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we've well, got the premiere rumor, coming up very shortly. Great so. information there. Yeah. Well, he's very, very passionate, very passionate. And sounds Fantastic. like she knows her stuff too. She yes. knows what she's talking about. Well, we've got the premiere coming on a little bit later on. We can, <laughs> we certainly can ask him about it, yeah. Broach this sure. subject. Oh, are we talking about a Because sh- the, sh- the shark attacks are way over on the West Coast. I know there's been one down at Port Nolunga, but it's not. Beachport. Sh- <clears throat> so it's varied, isn't it? Mm. It is. It is. The, the number of children who drown every year exceeds massively exceeds the number yep. of shark attacks. Yep. So yep. I do understand where she's coming from. Ooh. Yeah. Friday afternoon, Jars is 21st down at Henley House. It was a great show. Great afternoon. Spectacular spot. Isn't oh, it? how good. Mm. I'm not sure yeah. you can get a much better spot than Adelaide. <clears throat> it was absolutely no. beautiful. It was very hot, but it actually cooled down. And um, Beers were cold. Beers were frosty. Friday as. afternoon. Yeah. Frothies. You know what? Uh, as much as I was grateful for the open bar, by the end of the evening... Don't know that Triple M employees need an unlimited open bar from four PM. <laughs> no, uh, but other than that, <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> outstanding evening. Were you you were on air. You gave a little speech live from the the beer gun. Things went a little bit frisky. unprompted. Yeah, we are very lucky. Two McGarry medals, superstar. Him with Tony McGuinness and Chris McDermott really did start the uh, crows up on fire and. Uh, we're very lucky to have him at Triple M. Amazing performance. Not many people do 21 years on radio. Knows how you did it, Jars, to be honest. Hey, oh, yeah. Rupert! 
had to get dumped. I didn't mean to do that. I thought I was just in the beer garden talking. Yeah. I forgot I was on radio. Drop the F bomb. It's almost like it's a high risk environment to take a live mic around a beer garden. That's what mm. happens when you have West End draft cans that, down exactly there. That's exactly right. Yeah. What about one of the funny things that happened down there? And the guys at Henley House won't mind me talking about this. Uh, but uh, one lady fainted down there because it was so, so hot. hot. Yeah. And I was worried. Like when someone faints mm. and falls down yeah. and all that, you get really panicky. So I went and got some ice and a thing and gave it to the bloke to you know, cool her down and everything. And she come to, and then they took her out to a, a seat outside. Oh, no. And then um, one of the staff walked over and gave her a can of West Centra. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do the trick. Oh, That'll do it. This will cure what ails you. <laughs> a Jar's 21st can. Very normal behaviour yeah, there. Exactly right. Now, Jar's threatened for weeks to need to yep. get up and sing with the band. And uh, anyway, after much prompting, he got up, and I tell you what, he got the place rocking. This was really good. Everybody! Oh! Goodbye! <laughs> Who could jam and name on you? <laughs> when you change with every new day, still I'm gonna miss you. I have seen him sing those songs about a hundred times in change rooms, <laughs> in the showers, on a bus on the way to the game, after a win in the change rooms. He's he's a performer, he's an entertainer, that's why everyone loves him. He, he was he what in all seriousness, down in footy clubs, he'd get you through a pre-season because of, he'd make you laugh when yeah. you were doing a long run or something like that. But And he's been doing it for 21 years. Amazing effort. Superstar. Yeah. Nah, great well night. Done, well, done, well done, Jazz. Yeah, we love him. It's already it's a loss. Triple M.